Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. And my co-host for today, for the very first time, one of my friends is Kelly Russell from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Kelly, introduce yourself a little bit and then introduce your friend and our guest today. Well, thank you, Tom. As you said, my name is Kelly Russell from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I consider you to be a friend. I'm also one of your coaching clients, and you're helping create a brand new me to help uh, take me beyond my current limits and help me stretch myself into a better individual. So for that, I want to say thank you. But uh, enough about me. Let's talk about our guest of the hour, Dr. Erlene Williams. Uh, She's the Director of the Professional Development and Corporate Outreach at Duquesne University School of Leadership and Professional Advancement where she develops leadership programs for corporations and nonprofit organizations within the region. Uh, Dr. Williams designed the Leadership Breakfast Series since 2011. She manages the Power of Leadership Program and Staff Professional Development Program for Duquesne University employees. And as somebody who attends the Leadership Breakfast all the time, it is a great event, and I love it dearly. I look forward to it every month. Uh, Dr. Williams is a professional coach and believes in serving her clients on their journey to an authentic, fulfilling life, personally and professionally. She's a strong supporter of volunteerism and is a board member with Dress for Success Pittsburgh, a board member and mentor for Tomorrow's Future, Inc., a high school mentoring program member. She's also a member of the University of Pittsburgh's African American Alumni Council and a member of the Association for Talent Development Pittsburgh Chapter. She is co-founder of the University of Pittsburgh's Alliance of Urban Scholars in the School of Education. Dr. Williams, are you with us today? Yes, I am. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. And, Tom, I'm going to turn it over to you to let take this uh, take the show away. Excellent. Uh, wow, so exciting to have you, Dr. Williams. I love a few things in that description. Uh, volunteer. Uh, I was just born with uh, parents who are volunteers, and so I just assume this is what everybody does. It's not actually so. And then dress for success. I hadn't heard that for a while. I remember when I was in my 20s, boy, I knew that book back and forth, dress for success. And, well, I looked pretty snazzy back then because I was really paying attention to that. So uh, nice to see, hear those words again. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Now, uh, I wanted to talk about mentoring. I've gotten involved with a few organizations recently where uh, people can choose mentors. And so I'm mentoring a few young people, and boy, I love it. I think I'm getting as much or more out of it than the young people. Uh, so I know you do that as well. And so talk about your experiences with that, because uh, I'm having a, a ball doing it. And as I said, I think I'm getting as much value as the person I'm mentoring. Yes, well, thank you, Tom, um, and again, thank you, Kelly. Well, mentoring is um, 
something I would say that is an innate um, uh, passion of mine, um, probably for a long time. And when I decided to go to the University of Pittsburgh to achieve um, and earn my doctorate, I um, wanted to really write on a topic that was very, very near and dear to my heart, so I chose the topic of mentoring, and it was a gender-specific was mentoring African-American women. But in doing um, not just the scholarship, I really knew that mentoring is something that is a, a, a giving um, option, so to speak. And my experience with mentoring has just been, um, likewise, as you shared, Tom, so reciprocal. So when I do mentor, whether it's um, young people, teenagers, um, young adults, and or women of all different um, categories and generations, it, it's just a um, huge reward for me. I love the fact that, um, and it's my um, mantra, that um, what God has talented and given to me as, as what I call rich blessings, that I can pour and share into others and really mm. um, feel that they are um, gaining from it. So it's really a fun um, opportunity, um, mainly, uh, again, with Tomorrow's Future as our young people's group here in the here at Pittsburgh, and just to see ninth through 12th graders really um, have someone to walk along with them in their journey is, is just phenomenal. Wow, and I love that. You have God-given skills, talents, and abilities. You've worked on them and gotten used the best of them, but they're God-given. And so, as the Bible says, we don't want to hide it under a lamp. And so mm-hmm. you're out sharing and and uh, teaching and helping others to develop those same skills, talents, and abilities with their own God-given purpose. And so I love that, and it sounds like you're having the same fun experience mm-hmm. as I am with it. Yeah. Now, Kelly, you're familiar with coaching because this is actually our coaching time, Saturday, oh, 10 a.m., when we're recording this. So, um, uh, talk to Dr. or ask Dr. Williams uh, and maybe even comment a little bit on your uh, experience uh, of, of coaching and how it can be transformational. And uh, ask Dr. Williams about that as well because, like me, she does coach people as well. Well, as you said, Tom, you're helping to, or as I said earlier, you're helping to uh, take me to a new level. And always the one thing with coaching is basically I got I have to learn to get comfortable at being uncomfortable. You know, we're having this whole discussion about social media presence, and it's like I, I, mean, I get tired with it at times, but you're like, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. So I told you, work with me. And, and that's why I would like to ask Dr. Williams, when you're coaching a client, what, spe- what specific steps do you go through to help? Uh, get the client comfortable with being uncomfortable to help bring them into their better self? Yeah, thanks, Kelly. That's a great question. Um, and again, um, my coaching world, as as you both know, I'm a professional coach, and I really enjoy that. A lot of the tenets I just shared as far as um, just pouring into others and, and literally seeing a um, before and after, and sometimes it's a process. It's always a process. Sometimes it's long. Sometimes it's shorter. But um, in answer to your question, I really feel that coaching um, is definitely a relationship that I have with my client. But more importantly, the onus, responsibility, and accountability I feel is on that individual. So I can share with them you know, various tools, various resources, et cetera, 
many times, and I loved uh, the, how the phrase you used, Kelly, how um, things that, you know, maybe are not always comfortable, but you have to move into what I call that uncomfort zone. And many times um, with several clients, it is a um, it's sort of like a sandpaper situation that it's rough in the beginning around the edges, but as we move through it, the client knows that this will be for my best interest. And I really, really, really feel that that client knows that um, they might have to go through growing pains to get from point A to point B where they really want to be. Um, We have a term in coaching called fierce coaching, and just uh, recently with a client a few weeks ago, you know, you have to turn into a fierce coach and you have to actually um, share with a client that for your betterment and for your growth development and your movement into your new life and your new branding, you might have to go through some very hard knocks that you might not have experienced before. So um, in my world as a coach, um, uh, do I enjoy the the smooth coaching versus the fierce coaching? I know that both um, sides will really create that strong um, individual. And one one term that I use with my clients is that is that they are all inherently strong, capable, and wise. Um, in the beginning, they may have you know concerns, but by the time we are going into our session, several sessions, then they realize I can do anything that I put my mind to. Yeah, that is so true. I I think of a statement Ziegler always used, that fear, that false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we've never done something before, it's like, I can't do it, I can't do it. But really, you can. You just have to believe in yourself. And that's what I believe coaches do, is help to bring bring the better person out of each individual they work with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow! Nice. You got you got you got me excited now. <laughs> Making notes. And <laughs> Excellent. Now, uh, also, you're involved in leadership uh, development, Dr. Williams, and you believe that it's essential for all employees, as do I, because we all lead somehow, somewhere. And if you build a better or help improve a person and create leadership skills in them and they become a better person not only at work but outside of work, it it, it will help the company as well, right? Yes, absolutely. And um and when I share the you know, sort of again my mantra or how I live my personal and my professional life, I really feel that again, um I would put under that category all people. I just earlier shared that all people are inherently you know, strong, wise, and capable. And with leadership, especially when I, um, I I do a lot of corporate leadership training, development, et cetera, and I just really um, feel that each individual, whether it's a training session, whether it's um, what we call the C-suite or executive um, training sessions or leadership development, everyone, I feel, has the power of leadership, the power of influence, I mention that because so often um, I may, may be hosting or facilitating a session and several individuals, participants may say, you know, I don't really have direct reports. I'm not a supervisor. I'm not mm. an executive. But what I share with them is that you, individual, cast a shadow. 
So everywhere you go, you are casting a shadow, good or bad, and realize Mm. that you have that power of influence so that when you cast that shadow, be cognizant that your life, your leadership skill, ability, your philosophy, if you would, of leadership is extremely key and how it can contribute to the organization and also yourself. So I really believe that leadership is um, not just for what I call maybe the selected few or the or the handful of individuals, but I feel it should be top-down, horizontal, vertical. Wow. I love it, and I agree as well. Um, we all influence people somewhere, sometime, somehow. And so if you can help them build those skills, uh, you're not only just doing your business a favor by creating and helping create a better employee, you're helping your community and their family, everyone else involved in the process. Now, Dr. Williams, I'm a big fan of uh, Napoleon Hill. His number one success principle is finding your purpose in life. calls it uh, definiteness of purpose. I changed it. I tweaked it to God-given purpose because for a while in my life I feel I followed or chased after my own purpose and... Finally, when I realized what my God-given purpose was, wow, that really makes your life exciting when you really feel that you know that if the Lord was sitting on the other side of my desk, he would give me the same document saying, uh, you know, here's what you're here to do. Uh, it, It sounds like from what you're doing and obviously at the high levels you're working at, you found your purpose as well. Was it something you found early in life? Was it something your parents helped instill in you? How did you come to uh, be in the position that you are? It's a fairly uh, prominent and uh, fascinating uh, position that you're in. And so how did you come to get to that, find that place in life where you felt like, okay, this is the skills that God has given me and I need to nurture them to the best I can? Yeah, well, thank you, um, Tom, for for what I would call the backstory of that question because it all started as a very young person knowing, um, and I'll just be very candid, knowing my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at a very mm-hmm. early age. So uh, maybe perhaps at that age purpose wasn't in sixth grade. You know, what is your purpose just to graduate, <laughs> to go to, to high school? <laughs> but I knew that there was a seed that was planted in me um, from God and at that point, of course, at an early age, I wasn't sure of, uh, you know, what the the future was going to be. But I so remember, um, I grew up and stayed here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, never left. And uh, at a um, grade school, grammar school, so to speak, um, I had... um, I think won a um award. Of course it wasn't called leadership back then, it was just an award. Right. And I can remember and I'm probably dating it because the award was a giant Webster dictionary of which people don't use anymore, but I was proud of it. It was like the tabletop dictionaries. And I can recall um, my teacher uh, actually telling my mother on the stage, um, Erlene is going to go far. She just needs to come out of her shyness. Now, at that point, you know, shyness, what's that? That, you know, we didn't equate we did not equate that to leadership but i knew then that i had something that i wanted to give to pour to do so then you know traversing through education and um working in industry working in corporate and now working in the academy 
I really knew at that point that there was and is a purpose, but I look at it as a living, breathing um, a component of my life. It's like a paradigm. So in other words, the purpose that possibly might have been even five years ago or even two years ago is still on what I would call that spectrum of growing. So I know that my purpose is to, number one, live for God. Number two, to really give to others, helping others, pouring into others. And to be very humbly saying this, it's it's um, selflessness. That's what I really feel that if I have something to give you, then I will step back because I want to see you grow, become. And I use a lot of that, um, uh, what I would call um, component, if you would, in my coaching because I really feel that, um, again, when I look at individuals that may um, – want to grab but they can't find that 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 dream that star that that um growth i know that if i work with them long enough that my world of obstacles challenges will really um purvey into them and then they could become unstuck so i really use now now that you said purpose i use that in every facet whether it's mentoring leadership development working with clients working with corporate um, vice presidents, presidents, C-suite, because I really want them to know this is the natural. What you see is what you get from me. Mm, Wow. I love it. I love it. Wow. Uh, And now another question, but I'm going to ask Kelly, and then uh, you can answer as well after. Uh, The number two principle of Napoleon Hill is mastermind principle. Napoleon Hill wrote that, best mastermind is between husband and wife. And he talked about Henry Ford, how his wife was instrumental and seemed to be smarter than him and as hardworking as him. And Thomas Edison, the same thing. You know, imagine a guy that works like 30, 40 hours straight. You've got to have a pretty good wife. And she, they lived right on the premises. She lived in his laboratory. So, uh, Kelly, uh, I've been uh, even talking about this with you and in the coaching and that when you make your purpose and your affirmations and how important uh, achieving your goals as a husband and wife is. And so talk about that and then Dr. Williams as well, uh, especially Dr. Williams, like you have a high, important position and some men might be <laughs> like intimidated uh, by someone who has such professional and uh, uh, important qualifications as you. So, Doc, uh, Kelly, talk about that as well, the, the mastermind principle uh, being between husband and wife. How important is that for you and your success and pursuing your goals uh, in your life? Uh, definitely. If, you, if there's anybody to support you, uh, it has to be your, your husband, your wife, depending on your others. And in my case, it's definitely my wife. Unfortunately, she's out of town this weekend, which gives me some free time to have some fun and go see Avengers. But uh, I, I digress real quick. Having uh, my wife involved, uh, what can I say? I've been looking forward to this weekend for about three years since the first one came out. But uh, I digress. Um, having your wife or having my wife as a part or to back me is a very important because there's times we all have bad days at work or, you know, there's a time we're trying to accomplish that goal or that dream and, you know, you might fail or fall short. And besides listening to something to help pick you and motivate you, you need somebody to have your back and support you that no matter what, uh, no matter how hard it is or how bad it gets, I've got your back because I know you're going to make it. So having that supportive person 
behind you or next to you to walk that journey with you is, is very important. And, uh, Tom, you, you know not only do I have my wife, but I also have my accountability partner. And uh, he, he's very uh, integral in my, my journey towards success as well. So I definitely even having an accountability partner, whether it's your wife or friend, that is definitely key to helping anybody achieve whatever goal or success or they want to achieve. Amen. And uh, Dr. Williams, uh, you are married as well. As I said, it uh, could yeah. be intimidating for some men to be married <laughs> with a woman with such a high professional accreditation and work that you do. So how important is that to uh, have that mastermind between your husband where you know that you can pursue to the maximum your God-given skills, talents, and abilities and know that he's cheering you on on the sidelines. Definitely, yes. And um, I, I really echo everything that Kelly has said. And in, in my situation, um, I know you had mentioned earlier um, high level, and I don't look at myself or perceive myself that way. Others do, but I don't. Uh, my husband um, retired from uh, the corporation as well. And it's interesting that um, we are always, um, oh, I guess the word is um, coasting on the same level. And an incident or an experience was when he was receiving his master's from, um, the univer- from Duquesne University, and I was actually at the same time pursuing my doctorate. Well, it's interesting, like ships in the night, because there was so much studying, et cetera, et cetera. But it's interesting that um, my doctorate, um, I chose to have qualitative research and conducting qualitative um, uh, samples and interviews, and my husband was um, into the quantitative um, world for his master's. So because my opposite is not number crunching, I really like the um, qualitative and the um, integral part of uh, talking and speaking with individuals. So what happened is that when I had to actually perform a lot of quantitative results for my doctorate, he would do that. And when I, when he would have to have editing um, and, and, and that type of proofreading done, I would do that part. So we really, we really um, shared a lot of um, what I would call connectivity. And then, of course, we were both celebrated um, when it was over. But my husband is, I guess, I, if he's not here right now, even though I'm not going to see Avengers, Kelly, but my husband sees <laughs> I run an errand, so I'll find some fun things to do. Anyhow, I would really describe my husband <clears throat> as... Um, <clears throat> A cheerleader, uh, an advocate, of course, a, a very strong advocate of what I do, and more importantly, <clears throat> excuse me, what I stand for and what my purpose is. I know you had shared purpose before. So my husband is really right there in the circle. And when Kelly mentioned accountability, I think that is so key to have someone as you walk this journey of life, of purpose, of growth and development, that someone needs to be on the sidelines. Did you? Um, have you? Are you going to? Don't forget. And I think that's so important in a um, in a um, relationship, a husband-wife relationship. And I really, really believe that um, without that, um, and the scripture says, how can two walk together if they do not agree? And it's not always agreeing, but it's having that, um, that innate um, feeling and ability to know that I am here for you no matter what. And that's how I view my um, 
my relationship with my husband, and I wasn't familiar with mastermind, as you had mentioned with Napoleon Hill, but I so agree with that, that that's an important component. And I would say really in career building, um, because so often people want to climb the ladder, and if it is not an equal ladder, then there are um, challenges. But if I think couples and relationships and people all over would realize that um, we're all the same, whether we're a little higher, a little lower, it doesn't matter because we are all have the same goal in mind. And that's how, um, that's how we actually uh, manage and, uh, and, and uh, have our marriage flourish, I would say, that it's really not a um, percentage per se. So that's, mm. that's how we do it. Right, not a percentage per se. I love that. And uh, uh, in the end, for those who love and serve the Lord, we all really have one purpose, and that's to use the most of our God-given skills, talents, and abilities to help as many people as possible. And so when two Christians are married, that comes really uh, into the background as well, that you are on the same purpose and uh, all the benefits that come from being a Christian and being married. So, uh Kelly, uh, uh, I know Dr. Williams does some work with uh, women's leadership, so maybe you have comment on that, uh, although you probably can't comment too much on women's leadership, but uh, ask her uh, to expand on that work that she does. No, a real quick side note. One time uh, the Leadership Breakfast had a women's leadership seminar, and I saw it, I'm like, I don't really think I should go, you know. I'm not, I'm not a woman, of course, as you can tell. My name might be Kelly, but I'm not a woman. And it was like, uh, and then I was talking to one of her staff. She's like, oh, yeah, you definitely need to go. Not only do we need women in leadership, but we need men to realize that women need to be in leadership positions. And once one of her staff said that, okay, well, I'm there. Uh, I'll be there. So I, I would definitely say Dr. Williams talk about just not like the w- leadership women seminars, but um, I know some of the uh, listeners might not recognize some of the names, but some of the people, uh, women in leadership positions in the Pittsburgh area you've worked with and how you've helped take them to greater heights. Yeah, and thanks, Kelly. And I must um, uh, commend uh, Kelly that he has been one of the faithful participants and not just attendees, but participants very vocal in all of the five years that we have uh held and I have designed the um, Leadership Breakfast Series. And again, um, women's leadership is a passion um, of mine, again, for my scholarship, for my um, world of literature, etc. But it's not gender bashing, and I want to make that very, very clear as I speak on this, that really what I want to do and what my purpose, again, is to really bring the, what I would call, highest... um, potential and highest level of all women. Um, I think it's very important because the data shows that there are 50% of the working population are women, but so often women get stalled. You know, we hear the glass ceiling, we hear the cement wall, and I think what happens is there's a lot of um, issues that are challenges of lack of communication, lack of confidence, lack of not ability, but projecting ability. So I really want to be, again, I use the word cheerleader, advocate, supporter for the population that perhaps um, not underserved, but perhaps need that push or that that feeling that I have that I know I can do anything. One thing I really enjoy is the women's leadership at all levels. So it's not, again, we talked about the C-suite 
or the executive level, but what I really enjoy is the level of women that I know I can attribute to them the skill, the ability, the confidence, the knowing of their purpose so that they can, whether they're a single parent, whether they are an executive, whether they're a young middle school young lady wanting to succeed. And I really I really know that um, there's a seed in me beyond all of the other accolades that I really uh, feel that young ladies, women, retired women really need to um, pursue that. And when Kelly mentioned um, the One Breakfast series, I had, um, and again, I had developed the series, the series, the actual series, um, now since five years, 2011, and it's been a beautiful um, experience. And what I would do each time is build a new topic and, and you know, bring in facilitators, keynotes, et cetera. And then I decided that I wanted to um, really host my passion of the women's leadership. I had done one on mentoring and uh all genders, but what I really wanted to do was to bring women together. So what I did was um, made sure that the um, panel was diverse um, from finance. Um, we've had people from healthcare. Um, we have an African American Chamber of Commerce here in Pittsburgh, and Doris Carson Williams um, is the executive uh, president of that, so she was on board with it. We have. Um, Many women in the region, one of which is Mary Fran Gargata, and she's vice president at uh, one of the largest advertising firms, Mark Advertising, here in Pittsburgh. And we have had so many come through that really are strong and, again, inherently strong, capable women. And I wanted the audience, and Kelly he actually articulated it beautifully that it was not for women only. We made sure when we promoted it, but I wanted men to know that, this is a living, <laughs> breathing challenge to look at your organization and see and view and advocate to have a diverse group. You know, it's not all about diversity, whether it's, um, you know, the color, the race, the ethnicity, but it's bringing, in my mind, all voices together so that all will have a voice. And I often feel that, again, one of my purposes is to bring voice to the Solid. So for those individuals that might be, you know, um, perhaps not where they want to be, then I'd like to build a platform for them to really enhance their life. The other part of my women's outreach uh, in my heart that, that really comes to fruition, of course, is the Dress for Success. And you had mentioned earlier, um, Tom, <laughs> Uh, the dress for successful here in Pittsburgh, and it's actually international. It's a. Um, it's actually, actually, Dr. Williams, let me just interrupt you. I actually just looked it up, and what I was thinking of <laughs> was years ago there was a book called Dress for Success. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But when I looked it up online as we were speaking, I see it's something totally different. And so explain dress for success for people who might people who might be old like me and are thinking of the book dress for success. No, that's fine, Tom, because there was a book and probably still is a book, and that was, um, uh, again, the generic of Dress for Success. But this organization, which is international, um, I'm uh, a board member here in the Pittsburgh chapter, and what our organization does is reach out to, and I would 
I, I really don't even use like to use the word underserved. I'll just say women that um, perhaps have had challenges in society, and what we do address for success is bring them in or seek them out, recruit them, and they will come to our um, our uh, headquarters and not just for what I would call the cosmetic suiting. That's only one of several components that we do at Dress for Success Pittsburgh. So, of course, we will suit them for an interview. Most, I would say, 80% of the women will land a job. And, again, it's not just the suiting. It could be in a um, blue-collar environment, healthcare. We give them all of the facilities, all of, or I'm sorry, all of the resources that they need to land a job. Once they land a position, they will come back through our organization, which is called the Professional Women's Group, PWG, and I'm co-chair of that group. And we will offer them workshops, seminars, programs that they can grow, develop, and literally become the person that they, um, high potential that they want to be. Some of the programs are financial literacy, mentoring. We now have a coaching component of which I'm very proud of that we actually coach our Dress for Success clients. We also have um, programs that once a month they will come to a keynote or a meeting and they will actually be able to grow and develop. We've done strength finders. We've done um, SWOT analysis. We've done various tools of time management. So all of that creates what I call, Tom and Kelly, the holistic woman. So we know, again, uh, because of statistics, single parent, and they could really, really have – um, fell off of society, but what we do is rescue them literally. And we have so many. If you even look at the Pittsburgh website, so many success stories that these women are now achievers, just like everyone else. And that, um, again, when we talk about passion and purpose, that's my heart. I really enjoy uh, again pouring into these women. It's so um, reciprocal, Tom. You had mentioned earlier when we first started how that mentoring is reciprocal. I walk out of the sessions 10 feet tall because I feel <laughs> so rewarded. <clears throat> I'm sorry. So very rewarded because I can see literally the transformation of the women when they come through this program and become what I call viable citizens of our society, of our city. And it's just amazing. So that's really what Dress for Success um, is. It's international. We are one of the liveliest and most robust chapters in what we call the Western Pennsylvania region. And we have um, four centers, Pittsburgh, Fayette County, Green, um, and our downtown area as well. So we really um, are making change and um, being the change that we want to see, as, as so often right. people have quoted that, and I'm just um, delighted to be a little part of the growth and the transformation of these women. I love it. And not only, as you said, just uh, addressing them for success, but you mentioned strength finders, and like, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most amazing tools on the planet. Like Everybody yeah. should take a strength, strength finders test. And find out, uh, do the one that finds your five greatest strengths. And boy, if you can work to your five greatest strengths, that really helps you. Yeah, and what I love about that, Tom, I'm sorry just to interrupt, is that when we go through the different tools, 
many, many times, whether we're male, male or female, we never take the time to reflect on us. We're in a busy world. We're in a you know micro, microwave, hurry up, get it done, run to work, run back, run with family, etc. We never really take the time, the precious, precious time to reflect on who we are. And I think whether it's coaching, mentoring, um, you know, whatever the tool is, especially like you mentioned, strength finders, it makes you sit back and say, wow, I didn't realize that I have one, two, three, four, five strengths because sometime all I do is reflect upon my weaknesses. So I can't do, I don't do, I just do. But when mm-hmm. you really reflect on those strengths, then you blossom um, this is uh, springtime here in Pittsburgh. It's a beautiful sunny day, so the little crocuses that were little hidden all through winter, now they're just blossoming. Everything is just bo- bursting out, tulips everywhere. And I think that's what happens with we, us as individuals, male or female, without really reflecting on what your strengths are and how you can build upon those. And I know I went through um, just a recent conversation with someone that we can even build upon our weaknesses to create them into strengths. So it's so important to what I call um, take time to reflect. And one of my favorite scriptures is be still and know that I am God. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we can't be still. And I think when Mm -hmm. we do, we see blossoming from that. Amen. I love that. Be still. It's very hard for people to do. They can know that he is God, but to be still and really contemplate what that really means, really amazing. Now I'm on the dressforsuccess.org website, 140 offices in 19 countries with over Mm -hmm. 10,000 volunteers Mm -hmm. and over 850,000 women served. That is a worldwide movement. Yes, yes. Our volunteers are phenomenal. We have staff. We have a board locally in Pittsburgh, but our volunteers are phenomenal people that will come and serve unto the underserved. And it's just a beautiful experience. Um, It's just phenomenal. I always tell people, come to one of our events and one of our meetings, and you will leave. Right now, I have a gentleman, a male coach, actually, that I just shared it with him last week, and he said, I'd love to speak on self-love. And it's interesting that, um, you know, we have these, these uh, hidden ideas, and we can, all, we can all contribute so much. And I just know that, um, again, that is one of my callings. Did I know that in sixth grade when I got that dictionary? No. <laughs> but years and years later, I really feel that I'm moving into my calling. Amen. Amen. Now, Kelly, uh, this is going to be somewhat like Toastmasters here, where they give you a topic to talk about without any uh, chance to uh, rehearse. And so uh, let's have one more question that you can come up with uh, to ask Dr. Williams, either the leadership breakfast, which you've told me about those, and I think that even Dr. Williams writes you down as attending, even if you don't always register. She just knows you're going to be there, but uh, wrap us up with one more one more question for Dr. Williams, and then we'll wrap it up. Well, I, I'd like to make it about the leadership breakfast, and I would like to know, just talk about the planning that goes into that event. Because, uh, like I said, I've, I've always in, enjoyed it, and I like also the community support, how you get the, the city of 
Pittsburgh, Allegheny County, and then other, you know, corporate partners and some non- other nonprofit partners who, who attend that event. So talk about the uh, what it takes to put an event like that together. Wow. Um, that's, that's an amazing um, qu- uh, question because, again, reflection, I usually don't wait and think about how much it takes. But I would say the very inception of the leadership series the entire um, concept actually um, is coming from myself alone. I'm sort of a team of one. I have one assistant, but a team of one. So I here we go. I go back to my spiritual base, and I literally pray about it and um, really find out where God wants this series to be unto the participants. Of course, I use the participant evaluations, but I would say from start to finish, it starts with a seed thought of um, just uh, probably in November is when I um, designed the ones for this year. And I really you know, want to see <clears throat> what people are needing in the region, what people are looking for. Of course, I do um, data collection, research, but I really try to get the pulse of the audience to know what they're literally hungry for. And I design, um, in my mind, a topic, and then I reach out to several of my network, um, and usually it's a contact that knows the contact, to um, identify and recruit a speaker. And then, of course, to put the logistics, we have it, of course, at our university. So the logistical part is where I um, have my assistant handle um, food preparation, et cetera. But as far as the audience, I've really been blessed with a network of um, individuals who are very faithful and very giving and very selfless to literally um, ad- advise and assist um, sometimes through an email. Erlene, oh, this you know might be an idea, this might be an idea. We started it in 2011 with um, actually, Tom, because you're not familiar with our, our area, we started with a series, a full year series of mindfulness, and that was phenomenal. It was really one of my colleagues who in scholarship was his uh, uh, mindfulness was his background. So we had a full year of the world and the background and the theory and the concept of mindfulness in every single aspect, whether it was leadership, family, marriage, home, um, wellness, and it was phenomenal. So we did that for about a year and a half and then went into other topics. And I think um, now looking back, it's it's really it's really an exciting venture to create something and then it'll be May 12th for our next session to sit back and see it become alive. So um, mm. I, I really know that um, the speakers that I've had, have it's been so engaging for them. So many of the speakers have come back as audience and said, you know, this is such a great opportunity. And it's not – whenever I offer any um, – program, whether it's leadership or whether it's training and development, I want to make sure it's experiential. So I always make sure that there is, of course, lecture, keynote, etc., but to always make sure the audience has a participation, that they have a voice, that they can contribute. Because I just feel when you're an educator, the people you are educating unto also know a lot about the topic or their life experience. Mm. So I really mm-hmm. enjoy that part of it, and I just um, get thrilled when I think about um, you know how the networking, the connection. It has been phenomenal. Um, people have come up to me and said they sat with someone, 
and the person didn't have a job and they gave them their business card and the individual emailed me and said, guess what, I sat with someone and now I'm starting a new job. So I know that, again, it's all back to God because I didn't create the um, atmosphere, but it has become such a connectivity. So that's um, that's literally how it starts and finishes. I love it. And I can comment a little on that is that whenever I speak, I I think like, the audience, there's so many cool stories in an audience. Yeah. And when I've gone, even when I, if I'm speaking and I stay for the event, I end up meeting like cool people and interesting mm-hmm. people and fascinating people. And so yeah. it's not always the uh, what they learn from the speaker. It's often what they learn from the person sitting beside them at the breakfast. Absolutely. And uh, that's what makes them so exciting. You never know. You know who the speaker is before you get there, but you don't necessarily know who you're going to be sitting beside that morning. Yeah, and the audience is actually uh, made up of a very, very, very diverse profession. Uh, Kelly had mentioned our government employees um, are always invited. We have, of course, the educators. We have graduate students. We have healthcare professionals, banking professionals, retail self owner a self business owner, so it really makes for a beautiful mix so that really um people will find out that one thing that they have in common is leadership, the topic the uh participation, even though they come from very diverse backgrounds and extremely um knowledgeable, so they bring everything to the table and find out, wow, I had that same challenge or wow, I had that same success. <laughs> even though I'm not in that profession. So it's amazing. I love that. And when you say, wow, I've had that same challenge, this is what I've learned in being part of men's Bible study groups or small groups of some kind. That Sometimes we think that, wow, I must be the only person in the world that has this yeah. challenge or thinks this mm-hmm. weird thing. And then you get in a group and you're like, what, do you think like that too? You think that too? It's like, wow. And so Absolutely. sometimes those are the best things to find out, okay, I'm not as strange as I thought I am. Other yeah. people are actually thinking and doing and these things as well. And so yeah. thank you so much, uh, Dr. Williams. This is fun. Like we could probably just continue going. But I yeah. uh, just thank you so much for your time sure. today, the work that you're doing. It sounds, uh, or I know that uh, the work that you're doing because of your faith and your belief in the, and uh, Jesus as our Lord, that your life is more than just about your professional qualifications. And this is something I try to uh, get across to people is that, uh, yes, pursue your professional skills, talents, and abilities, but uh, use them as well to give them a way to empower other people. And your life is an example of that, um, and your marriage is an example of that, uh, and enabling you to do that. And so I really, really thank you. And then, Kelly, thank you so much. Were you, uh, was your heart racing? Uh, you're going to have to go wipe your face off after this? Uh, how is this? It was good, Tom. I want to thank you for the opportunity. And definitely thank you, Dr. Williams. When uh, Tom provo- pro- provoked, when Tom uh, approached me about this, I'm like, oh, boy, do I know I know quite a few people who are who I would love to interview, and you were one of the first people I thought of because, like Tom says, I'm always talking about the leadership breakfast, and it was like, well, let me get the organizer because I think she'd be perfect and has a whole story to share. Thank you Amen. so much. Thanks this so much, guys. And have yourself Thank a you both. Day. I so appreciate Take it. Care. I hope you have a blessed day. You as well.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at tomtutall.com for details.